This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Chris Lee and Blaine Gilmer of Southeastern 14 here to talk transfer news. It is the ever-changing world of college football and you can't be caught off guard by anything. Some huge news today in the SEC for two programs, not the news those teams wanted to get. Before we get into that, a reminder, this content brought to you by Bet Online with NFL playoffs right around the corner and NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action, see all the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, the wheel of transfers has started, and it hit Oxford and Knoxville today. Uh, the self-proclaimed portal king, Lane Kiffin, had his kingdom plundered in the backfield today. And Tennessee Vols and Josh Heupel lost a key offensive lineman, too. The Judkins news, though, is the one that's going to get most of the discussion. Let's start there. Uh, reading up on the internet a little bit today didn't sound like that was maybe a massive surprise. Maybe there'd been some friction there between Judkins and Lane Kiffin, just judging by some message boards, po- message board posts from some people I trust over at Rebel Grove. But what was your reaction to the Quinshawn Judkins news, Blaine? Blaine, I can't hear you. Sorry, I had it muted. It'd help if I unmuted. Uh, sorry, the the old uh, Jerry Maguire. You to the portal. <laughs> yeah, the old Jerry Maguire came to mind. Show me the money because that had to be what is going on here. Reportedly, on you know sources out there, there were there are reports that the Grove Collective and Quinshaw Judkins had already ironed things out before. Uh, the Peach Bowl occurred against Penn State, a, a deal somewhere between whatever source you want to believe, 800000 and a million dollars for the next year, and he was going to be good to go. But then now there's a narrative out there that this may not have been all of just Quinshaw Judkins wanting to leave Ole Miss. Uh, the rumors out there of him being causing problems in the locker room, yelling at offensive linemen during games, uh, even got to the point where Jackson Dart apparently asked him to be taken out of the game at one point. And I think everybody remembers that that scene on the in the Peach Bowl where Jackson Dart goes over to Lane Kiffin and he's like yelling something at him. And who knows what he was talking about there, but people are speculating this. So that's all rumor, rumor and innuendo, but what you do have to say, Chris, is that, hey, something is certainly a foul when you have that caliber of player and that kind of team that you're looking at Ole Miss having next year and having a player like him would have been just a dynamic duo there with him and, and Dart and then plus what they have coming back on the outside as well. 
Blaine, I don't know how in the world you manage this as a coach because the numbers have gotten big. Kids are not playing games, even as the money has gotten bigger. You have issues like that. The word from coaches that the players have all the control. I don't totally buy that because coaches always have control to replace you in the portal with somebody better. But kids can, if they get benched or not see the time they want, they can hit the portal then and there. And the the sums of money have gotten bigger. Players are not any happier as far as I can tell about where they are. And then that's probably unfair because what it's about is market value. And what can I get? Where can I get the most that I can get? And that is how any of us would go about our jobs, I would think. But this is just insanity. The, the timelines, the never-ending roster churn, I don't know how you plan ahead if you're anybody for anything. Yeah, it is. And and Lane Kiffin has been as transparent and as vocal about this as any coach in the SEC. Yeah. He has come out and said, hey, this is free agency. These are pro athletes. The student-athlete moniker is out the window. Yes, they go to class, uh, but it is all about – you know, dollars and playing time and things like that. And people are on year to year contracts. And that is basically what this is, is okay. Each year. And Lane Kiffin has been the one that has come out and said this. He he said it mm -hmm. when Bryce Young was at Alabama, he said, why would I not, if I was Bryce Young, why would I not dip my name into the portal and see how much money I could get out there from, from cool. something like that, like that. And now it just so happens. One of his players, Quinshot Judkins has done that now. As we said, there appears to be more to this story, but who knows? I guarantee you one thing. It's all about, you know, like uh, the old story that Jimmy Johnson one time was in a in a meeting with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They were watching film, and this this guy who was an undrafted free agent had fallen asleep during the meeting, and he, uh, he called him out and said, all right, you're cut. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. And he was walking back up to the front of the room, and he tapped him. He tapped, he tapped a guy on the shoulder. He said, Emmett, wake up. <laughs> Emmett Smith, you, you treat guys differently is my point based on their talent level, right? You, I'm sure a lot will be put up with, with antics and things like that with a guy as talented as Quinshot Judkins. So if it did get to this point where there was some kind of mutual parting of ways, then I say good for Lane Kiffin and not being, you know, held beholden to one player because when you have a, when you have a team that is going to be as talented as Ole Miss's is next year, why would you why would you you know run the risk of upsetting the apple cart with you know with a with a cancer in the locker room if that is the 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 deal now having said that Quinshaw Judkins is going to be a tremendously hot commodity and everybody in college football is going to going to want him Chris uh, and particularly two programs from inside of his home state Auburn and Alabama mm -hmm. but to your point it's just with the calendar the way it is, with the, the nature of there being no accountability, you can transfer unlimited times. It has to be accepted, all that kind of stuff now with the, the new, the new uh, restraining order that was put in place. I mean, there, it's just the Wild West. I don't, I don't know what yeah. else. To, I don't know how people manage it uh, in terms of these. You, you know who you got to feel sorry for, Chris? Is, can you imagine being these poor uh staffers uh that these these people that work in the personnel departments uh, it's crazy i do respect lane kiffin for this lane kiffin has benefited more from the portal than just about anybody 
And yet he basically says, hey, it's flawed. The, the thing that Lane has said basically is, look, these, these are the rules that we have to play by, and therefore, in order to be competitive, I've got to look after our best interests and, and play that way. But I like the fact that he's said, hey, this, this system basically sucks. It needs to be fixed. Of course, there's no leadership in the NCA, so here we are. It reminds me almost, Blaine, I know you're a little bit of a Major League Baseball fan, yeah, but it's like when Scott Boris has a client. <laughs> like, yeah, and it, I'll, I'll give you one down. from last year. Cody Bellinger last year, you know, had been awful for the Dodgers. He had that MVP season a couple years ago, and then was just awful. What did Boris do? He got a pretty good deal for his client with the Cubs last year. Bellinger had the best season he'd had in, in a couple of years, and now he's hitting free agency, that baseball's transfer portal, and he's still unsigned. And I'm, I'm sure Scott Boris, being Scott Boris, his client is going to get every dime he can get. It, it, you know, who knows? It may happen in March, um, the, the way that he does it. And, and I feel yeah, like this is it, where we are college football because players can have an intention of staying at their school they dip their name in the portal. They've got leverage. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. And David Locke says it here. He said, I didn't even think about the personnel and recruiting staff. They're already overworked. I mean, imagine not only now do you have to keep up with all the high profile guys in your state, surrounding states, around the country, anybody who wants to be a part of that, as Chris says, high school seniors, but also now basically virtually every player in college football every single year. Uh, there has to be so much intel that is brought in to be prepared because it moves at such a fast pace. It's it's crazy, Chris. Our man Chris Taylor has nailed it, too. Uh, I feel bad for the high school seniors. But between this and, and the COVID stuff where you've still got players with extra years of eligibility that shouldn't have them. Yeah, you got players drawing Social Security and playing college football. I mean, the only the only, only silver lining I can give you to that one is maybe now with NIL, you can give out more than 85 scholarships, and so maybe some smart personnel department somewhere is going to go find those kids. Hey, we don't have 85, but we'll get you an NIL deal for X amount of money that's equivalent to a scholarship or reasonably close, but... Here's the thing, if you're that school, how much time and energy do you put into that? Because if you land a guy, he's free agent in a year or two. Yeah, I, I just think, so. I saw somebody put something out there on Twitter about Shane Beamer, uh, Pup Howard, a linebacker for them, hit the portal this the, uh, yesterday, and he's already committed to to Florida today. And there was this quote of Shane Beamer saying, hey, it, it was after signing day, after Pup Howard had signed when he was coming in as a freshman, he put this thing out there saying, hey, there was a guy out there that sent me a text that said, hey, I love South Carolina. I'd die for the University of South Carolina. And he attributed that to being Pup Howard. And now just a year later, he's, he's leaving the program. So uh, I think as a coach, you have to realize that at the college level, this has been always been much more about relationships. It's been much more about a mentor, mentee, development, 
you know, type relationship. But now you have to treat it like the NFL, like the, you have this team for this year and that is your focus. How can you get it done in, in a, you know, in a 10 month span, that's what you have to focus on. And then it starts all over again type deal. That that's basically the, the mental switch that has to come into play for these coaches here. You can't, you gotta, you gotta care about these young men you got to promise their families you're going to help them grow into into men and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you have to be treated like it's just business. We haven't hit Gerald Mincy, and I want to hit that in a minute. But I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, but Wayne, we're both we're both married guys. I don't mean to be gross with this, but what what would happen if as soon as you and I are done, I go start texting other women. My wife starts texting other men, and and that goes on to your house. And I feel like that's where we are in college football. Yeah. You make this sort of a vow to, to whatever, except you, you don't really have any kind of a legal promise. I mean, how do you keep stability and trust in a situation like that? I just don't think you can. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to come to the point where there has to be contracts in place and, and yes. there's going to have to be some account accountability. I'm not a legal scholar. I don't know enough about liability and all this kind of stuff to know, okay, how would the universities have to play into this? Can it solely be under the collectives? Whatever. But there has to be some sort of recourse for both parties because, yes. once, it, because once it comes down to it and it becomes a contract-type deal, you 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 know the players they got to realize hey if you sign say say you have the option out of high school to come out and I'm gonna either sign a two year or a three year agreement with this university I can pick one of the two well if you get to that two year agreement and you hadn't seen the field and that team doesn't feel good about you they can cut you you know that yeah. that's something that 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 would be able to be to happen now some of that's happening both ways now where people are saying you know what you need to go check out and see what's out there. Coaches are doing that. And that that doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, coaching staffs are doing that to players. They are saying, hey, go see what opportunities are out there because we feel like we feel like this isn't going to work out for you. So that is out there. Um, Andy Stowe brings up a good point. This just happened with Julian Humphrey at Georgia. He was a high, uh, highly recruited, very, very fast cornerback, played this year at Georgia, got hurt in the Missouri game, or maybe the Ole Miss game, I believe. Maybe Ole Miss uh, got injured and didn't play the rest of the year. Well, he comes out and, you know, it comes out that he was considering entering the transfer portal. Then he he puts out a statement after the Orange Bowl that says, I'm not going anywhere. And then the next day, he puts out another statement saying he's planning on entering the transfer portal. And then the next day comes back and says he's staying at Georgia. Well, the entire time he does an interview saying that, that, that Texas and Texas A&M and all these other schools were contacting him and he's not even in the portal yet. He, he's not yeah. even in the portal. And, and this tampering goes on endlessly it's not and listen i'm sure georgia does it too i'm not pointing the finger saying that georgia everybody in the league it. does it everybody, everybody does it does but it. i'm saying if there is no recourse for that if you cannot get in trouble for tampering and he never went in the portal as chris taylor said and yet was being recruited out i mean it's crazy but but the the thing with with quinshot quinshot judkins here is 
because I believe Ulysses Bentley is out of uh, is out of um, eligibility. So I think he's he's moving sure? on. Uh, he may be back. I don't know. He's been, I, he I think like, he's got another year. I could be wrong. It does seem like well, he's been there forever, but maybe everybody has another year with COVID. Who who knows how how it, right. how it goes? But I would think that you know if he doesn't come back, if if for some reason he's not back at, at Ole Miss, uh, they lost another running back. I think today went into the portal as well. Um, so now that much more important that Jackson Dart came back because y- you may become more of a quarterback run and outside perimeter throwing team at, at Ole Miss. So that may change change how things look in terms of how do, you, how do you plan on anything? You've built yeah. your team around this guy. You'd be like, this is a part of who we are. All of a sudden, in, in a millisecond, your offense has, has changed. Yeah, uh, so it's going to be interesting. Now, one thing that we know Lane Kiffin can do, Lane Kiffin can make people into 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 stars because guess what? We none of us had ever heard of Quinchad Judkins before he burst onto the scene as yeah. a freshman and led the SEC in 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 rushing either, uh, or came right behind Rocket Sanders. I can't remember who finished first or second that year, but he burst onto the scene and and did a great job. So he can create space for people to run the football. Jackson Dart, of course, remember, is a guy who can really, uh, really run the football as well. And I believe they had Walker, uh, Walker Howard, who transferred from LSU to Ole Miss, who will be there as well. So I don't think they'll be afraid to run Jackson Dart because they have a quality, uh, you know, backup there as well. Um, so, man, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to to see what happens there. But I, I just wonder, uh, you know, there, there's rumors out there of Colorado. Uh, Auburn Lane Kiffin is tweeting out a, a Auburn golf cart today, right after right after Quinshaw uh, uh, Quinshaw announces with the with the mm, emoji. You know, Lane Kiffin's the king of social <laughs> media, so he he uh, he's not afraid to to mix it up on social media. So Auburn, Alabama, who knows if Colorado wants to pay him a bunch? That that I could see that happening, and if if uh, certain aspects of these stories are true, then it wouldn't it wouldn't remind it wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the destination either. So the catch and release, Andy Stowe said Lane Kiffin was fishing and he hooked a hooked a I think it was a, like a baby shark or something like that. And he yeah. uh, he's he he tweeted catch and release. And I don't think he was talking about the the shark uh in the actual photo there, Chris. So there's a lot going on with this story, and I think there will be more that comes out. But David Locke says the portal, the transfer portal giveth and taketh away. And Chris, one place that it got taken. Away yes. from today was Gerald Mincy leaving Tennessee to play left tackle instead of right tackle. This is where we've come to, Chris. A kid doesn't want to play right tackle because Campbell transferred in from Miami last Campbell's year. John Campbell transferred. What now? I, I didn't realize Campbell had another year. He's He's been in college football a while. Yeah, Campbell's coming back, so he's going to be their left okay. tackle again next year. But Mincy had already said he was coming back to Tennessee. He'd already said, hey, I'm coming back. I'm doing it for another year. He kicked over to left tackle for the bowl game because I think Campbell was hurt, and he must have had enough people get in his ear and say, hey, that left tackle, that's you like that, don't you? That's where you really need to be. And now he's he's uh, he's hitting the portal. And and listen, it is, uh, it is bare bones now at tackle because the uh, Mincy shared time this year 
with another right tackle, and I, 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 I'm blanking on his name right here, but I'll, I'll pull it up. Dar, uh, no, Darnell Wright was the year before. Jeremiah Crawford. Jeremiah Crawford has has graduated. Mincy has now left. Those were their two right tackles. Now all they have left is Dane Davis, who is is somebody that if you go look at the message boards, Tennessee fans are not excited about being their right yeah. tackle if that's the case. And then then you look at uh, Campbell on the other side, and the rest of the rest of players are either freshmen that didn't play this year that are going to become sophomores or high school guys. So. It is going to be uh, searching for some depth in the transfer portal, and already the top the top tackle in the country that was in the transfer portal, Caden Green, went from Oklahoma to to Missouri. Missouri, so it's not like the options are that plentiful. One thing Kirby Smart said, Chris, about the transfer portal is you don't find big guys in the transfer portal. He said because typically, if they're really good, they're not in the portal. <laughs> they 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 stay where they stay where they're at. So Walter Nolan was uh, who knows uh, what what Tennessee's going to do at tackle. But what are your thoughts on Gerald Mincy Lee? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Being Tennessee. Well, I'm always thinking about what, what's the next thing. And you remember why Lane Kiffin, not Lane Kiffin, grief, that's 15 years ago. Um, Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel didn't play Nico allegedly because they had offensive line issues and he was worried about protection. Well, I mean, let's just let's just play this down. I, I, I this is not going to happen. I'm just speculating. But I mean, what if what if Tennessee were to lose a couple more offensive tackles? If you Nico, yeah. you look around thinking, "Hey, I gotta I gotta stay healthy." Do, do you have yeah. unintended consequences down the line? Of, I mean, I'm sure it's happened somewhere. Guys seeing everybody flee the ship and going, "Hey." I can't advance my career in this state without guys around me. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be crazy if if uh, if Nico, especially after I just took all this time to try to learn his last name, uh, if that would that would really disappoint me if he went somewhere outside the because that you can't can't go anywhere inside the SEC now that that portal's over with I believe I don't think uh, after I think it's February is like your last opportunity to go somewhere so i think they would have to been in the portal now but in terms of the offensive line uh like i said john campbell's going to be back at left tackle you got gerald mincy was the starting right tackle but dane davis is a, a red shirt senior i believe walk on there a while people, yeah people are not excited about uh and listen nothing against dane davis uh, he, he's there he's competing he's doing things but when you are a walk on by nature. We saw this with Stetson Bennett at Georgia at quarterback. People didn't want him to uh, – the, the Georgia fans revolted and didn't want him in there until he ended up winning two national championships, you know. So, 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 and even then, even then, in the midst of it, they, they didn't want him in there at certain points in time. So the thing about it is, is they want big-time names recruited and developed to come, come through there at Tennessee, and that has always been fair – or unfair on Josh Heupel, that has been the knock. 
The knock has been, okay, he took over a team that was in good shape at UCF. Mm. Oh, he, rode the wa- he, he rode the wave for three years. Then they started to – they hit a peak, started to go down. He, he comes, to, comes to Tennessee. Then, he, then people are saying, okay, well, he, went, he won t- last year with Jeremy Pruitt's players, like most of the players that Jeremy Pruitt brought, brought into the program. So now it's, it's incumbent upon Josh Heupel in the area of the transfer portal and things like that. It doesn't have to be a two-, three-year process. You should have the capability of going out and flipping a roster, finding needs, things like that. But the question is, you know, if you live in the transfer portal, Chris, it's been said to me like this before too. Listen, if if you live every night where every night you have to go to the grocery store for your meal, what happens if they're out of stock on the shelf of what you need uh, that night? You know, you need to plan a little bit <laughs> and be a little bit more resourceful at times. Well, I want to push back on one thing a little bit. Um, they left behind some receipts in the Chick-fil-A bags or the McDonald's bags. I can't remember which it was now. I think it was reported to be McDonald's, but it was actually Chick-fil-A bags um, to Jeremy Pruitt. And, and and they're the offensive stat sheets from his last year. So I, I don't – I get what happened at UCF, that he took over a better situation, that Scott Frost had left him, um, and and maybe after a few years it went downhill. That's, that's a small sample size. I, I think that – that program was in complete disarray when he took over. So I don't – maybe maybe 10 years from now, that's the story. I'm, I'm not going to buy it in 2024 just yet. But I, I think there's only one thing missing from the the bingo card that is college football madness, and that's another COVID outbreak giving, giving everybody else one extra year. I mean, it's, that's yeah, all that's man. left at this point. Yeah, well, uh, I, let's – Let's, Lord let's not let's not that, go there, but yeah. Oh, that that's not that's not in the cards. Uh, you know, I may I may move to Canada. I don't know, or may move to somewhere <laughs> else. Canada be, be can Canada be even worse? I need to I need to go find somewhere that believes in freedom if that happens. But uh, so here the thing about it is with with Josh Josh Heupel, I'm just not until until he has a year, and is it going to be next year? I don't know. Tough, tough four games to get started right off the bat in terms of, uh, you know, neutral site week two against NC State at Oklahoma week four with a young quarterback and now an offensive line that has, has you know, issues. And until they're his guys that are in there doing what – I know he had success with them. I know he had success with the players that were left over there, Okay. From, from the Jeremy Pruitt era, and he changed how those guys played. But still, until they're his guys and develop them in there, that question is going to be, in my mind, can he be yeah. a developer and not just a schemer? Yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, it's it's a question, but that team was was pretty bad. And as I've always pointed out, Jeremy Pruitt was a defensive coach. Usually coaches yeah. who coach one side of the ball cater towards that side and – their defense was in a lot better shape than their offense, from what I recall when when he left. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll get out of the weeds on that. When, when does this portal window close? Uh, well, it's today for every team except Alabama and Texas. Alabama and Texas have until the 6th, and then Michigan and Washington, their players will have until two days after, uh, two days after the national championship. So – it won't officially be done with all the players around college football in the FBS 
division until what January 10th will be when that closes for Washington and, and uh, Michigan players to be put in there. So, you know, I, I just think like Alabama had a bunch of players hit the portal uh, today, Chris, Seth McLaughlin, Lord help him with the, the center issues. He, he's, he entered the portal. Um, you know, they did have a couple of key guys say they're going to return. Uh, but man, it's uh, it's crazy to see to see how things how things play out for uh, everyone in college football right now. You know, you see a guy like Ken Seals leave Vanderbilt. Now he's got TCU being a, a quarterback. So people are landing all over the place. Leading tackler linebacker from Arkansas last year is now at Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, teams are uh, going all up. Players are going all over the place, and until, like we said, until there's contracts, until there's accountability, I don't know how how it slows down anytime soon, Chris. When is the next portal window? Spring, right? The, ne- the next spring. one's, I believe, it's after spring practice for most people. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look up the exact date, but when it, you know, there will be another, and I think that one's only 15 days. So the the first one was 30 days. This and this one's only going to be 15 days. So there's uh, 45 days total. That, that players have during the year to enter the transfer portal. I'm just going to throw you a scenario. I'm going to I'm going to throw these two teams out there because we're talking about them right now, and they both have got very healthy NILs. Let, let's just say something happened really crazy at Ole Miss or Tennessee where you lost like a whole running back room or offensive line room or whatever. Can you imagine spring like the 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 feeding frenzy that's going to set off the, no, the, the it, tampering, be... the tampering beforehand, the, the, the sums of money. I mean, what, what if you're, again, I'm, I'm just throwing this out here just, just to put an example, but what if you're Josh Heupel and you lose most of your good offensive linemen, you've got Nico that you got to protect and you got to do something because you can't play without an offensive line. I mean, how how desperate do you have to get? How much money do you have to start throwing at kids? How much tampering do you have to do to fix it? Yeah, and now and Alex said to April. Andy said it's uh, April fifteenth through thirtieth, and Alex said that's actually in the middle of spring for a lot of people. So to your point, it affects in today's age. There's there's few coaches, and that have both the cachet, the respect across college football, and the depth on their team to be able to just say, hey, we're going to coach guys the way that we're going to coach them and we're not going to worry about mollycoddling people and and things like that. It's going to coach change how people coach players because you can't be too hard on them here and there because you don't want to you don't want to lose them. You don't want to tell them, okay, well, I'll just go somewhere else. And that that's how it goes. So I think um, with the. I like to call it the 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 wussification of America. Uh, you know, with, with that coming coming to fruition and people the instant gratification and all that kind of stuff coming into play, this only adds gasoline to the fire. And we're listen, we're in a period where all of these players have grown up their entire life in the social media era. Okay, this isn't like this is this is a this is a generation of young men that have known nothing but instant information, instant access, all this kind of stuff. And there is very, very limited cases of a Carson Beck type story where you're willing to sit around and wait your turn 
and, and, and you know, get in a position that's going to be good for you. So I would not be surprised in that second portal window now that people have sat back and kind of seen, okay, here's who went where, Chris, to your point. If they go into the first four or five practices of spring and you know what? I don't like the reps that I'm getting. I don't like uh, I don't like my situation here. Boom. Hit the hit the portal. And then, as you said, that's got to be chaos in terms of an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator in terms of, OK, now I got to switch this guy around here. We got to change this scheme, because if you're a good coach, you adapt your scheme to the skill set of your players well not every player has the same skill set so you may be planning on going into spring saying hey we're going to be a we're going to be a team that because we got big guards that can move people we're going to do uh do a lot of duo and, and inside zone and stuff like that and then maybe this massive guard of yours decides he wants to hit the portal and you have to have a a guy who's a little bit smaller a little bit more athletic so then all of a sudden maybe you're doing more pin and pull things like that creating angles on the gap scheme i mean it could change a variety of things here's the other thing what what are graduation rates going to be 5 years from now Kirby Smart uh, addressed that after the Orange Bowl. He's like, he's like, you got to decide one one thing or another. Do you do you yeah. want people to be student athletes, or do you want do you want to go the direction we're going with the the portal and and everybody being able to leave after every year? Uh, he pointed to the result of the Orange Bowl and he said, "Hey, if you don't yeah. want to see this happen again, there need to be changes in college football." Yeah, well, and here's the other thing. You've got some schools with the transfer requirements are much more stringent than others in terms of credits you can transfer in or not transfer in. Some schools, you got to finish the last 60 hours at your yeah. school. Now, that's 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 a few of them in the Power Five. That's not most of them, but you got that layer of complexity on top of everything else. Yeah, like Stanford and Vanderbilt and places, places yeah. along I that. I think Michigan I mean, just, maybe could be wrong. Yeah, there's a – there's a lot of uh, you know high academic places out there that aren't willing to uh, deviate from those standards standards in order to help uh, college football. So, yeah, I think it's going to be. I just think it's going to be something that is going to see some change across the board over the next eighteen months to two years. I think you'll see college football look entirely different than what it does right now, and I. I think and I hope that you'll see the end of college football as part of the NCAA as we all together. I think I think it'll break away and become its own own entity before too long. What is the breaking point for all this? Because it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Is it the Orange Bowl? I think the Orange Bowl was a was a big catalyst to, towards the change that is coming, but I think what you're going to I think one of the big things that you're going to see is one, there's going to be some kind of legal case uh, that, that, that occurs with some kind of tax fraud or tax evasion with these players and NIL stuff that uh, uh, players end up suing these collectives or they end up suing the university for some kind of malpractice or not, not advising them correctly or something along those lines that that could happen. And then the other thing, that could happen is some high profile coaches like you and I have talked about say, I'm done with this and I'm leaving the game. And when that starts to happen, I think you could see some big change. Like Alex is saying here, when the coaches uh, decide that they want to vote on things. Is that, is that next week? 
Yeah, I'm not sure when those dates are, but uh, I want to say that's crazy. maybe next week, and I think that's in my neck of the woods in Nashville. So, yeah, uh, Chris Taylor's wondering about unions, players' association, collective bargaining. It is, uh, it, it that is something that definitely the NCAA does not want to hear any part about is unionization or anything like that. And that's another reason why I think this thing is heading towards being basically a mini version of the NFL, of the NBA, uh, where they have collective bargaining and it's just going to have to break away totally from from yeah. the NCAA and, and ultimately you're just going to have collectives that are basically licensing the right to use the the names of the universities and, and the collectives are going to be basically the the bankroll for these teams like an owner is for an NFL team, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, man. But the thing that, that, that we do know is that Quinshaw Judkins will not be at Ole Miss and unless he has a change of heart and Lane Kiffin decides to, uh, decides to shell out the money, which I don't think he's going to. Oddly enough, Chris, did you see the head of the Grove Collective retweeted a tweet of somebody that had retweeted Quinshot Junkins' announcement he was going in the portal that said, do not overpay for running back. The head of the Grove Collective retweeted that. So, uh, so th that lets you know what's going on there. So yeah, it's going to be it interesting. got a little nasty. Oh, yeah. It's gonna, it, it got nasty. So, um, but two big-time players leave – SEC programs, two programs that were looking to be on the ascent for 2024. Uh, and then uh, in other portal news, not as big, but Georgia lands a wide receiver, Michael Jackson the third. Uh, no relation to that Michael Jackson, uh, but uh, he he's not, is he related he to the one probably, that played in the NFL? I don't know, but I'm, I, I would imagine I imagine yeah. he does do the moonwalk in the end zone when he scores a touchdown. So that that'll probably occur. Uh, but Michael Jackson um, signs with Georgia. He's from USC. It's the third receiver that Georgia has signed this year, which is a little surprising because they've kind of got a logjam of talent over there uh, at receiver, even with Lab McConkey leaving, and then. Also, uh, Jair Brown, a defensive back from Ohio State, signs with LSU. So um, he commits to LSU. So a couple of additions that I just wanted to throw out there. But other than that, Chris, anything else before we wrap it up here? Well, if you're in the market for quarterbacks, one more went off the board today, too, with Will Howard going to Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a lot, saw a lot of people doing – the the Pam from the office tweet uh, holding up Kyle McCord and and Will Howard and saying what's the difference between these two pictures and Pam saying nothing they're the same picture you know like <laughs> saying hey is there any a whole lot of difference between those two uh, that that kind of stuff so who knows we'll see we'll see what happens but uh, when it comes down to it um, it's it's a wild world in college football and that's why you need to be subscribed here because we're always reacting to stuff we're always putting out videos. Uh, so like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and uh, got a little rebrand coming. Like we said, it's it's coming, so you need to need to be alert for that. And uh, we're gonna have basketball rolling out, baseball coming up soon. So SEC, everything you you want, SEC action right here. Hey, we did a basketball mailbag this morning. I'm not sure if we've published it yet or not, but that's gonna be a new feature we're gonna be doing. Is taking your questions 
Uh, that was a lot of fun. That's one of the best episodes we've done. So if you're a basketball fan, be sure to check that out. And of course, we'll have recaps of games. We got predictions of everything this weekend. Uh, Saturday starts the opening of SEC hoops, the first of an 18 game schedule for each team. And and really here for that because my goodness, it's going to be a very exciting season in SEC basketball. And we are also five weeks from from baseball. Six weeks. Yeah, uh, I think somebody said fifty days on our last stream uh, the other yeah. night. So it's it's inside. It's forty something days now. So uh, it's getting close. Um, I still think I baseball starts way too early. Uh, yeah. I think it's too cold for baseball. Then I, I had an argument with a guy one time that he said, "Hey, we should switch in the state of Georgia because of the heat. We should switch baseball and football season that when they start and things like that." And I was like, "Hey." I wouldn't mind it. It'd be okay. A little spring football action. It'd be good weather. Uh, get get that get that going on. But uh, but no, it, it's it's going to be fun to keep up with it all. And um, you know, I'm I'm excited, Chris. We got a lot of things coming on the channel. Make sure LSU looking for offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and an entire defensive staff. Uh, so we did a video on that yesterday. A lot to keep up with, and you can keep up with it right here on Southeastern 14 at least for a couple more days, Southeastern 14. All right. Thanks, everybody, for checking in. Lots of familiar faces or, or really names in the chat, and we appreciate all of you. God bless you. Have a great night. This is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.